All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be a big one. My name is Tom, your host of Triple F Footy Finals Fury. We are going to talk about some disappointments and um, some appointments. So um, tonight we have Sir Thomas, Nathan, and Stuart. Now, without further ado, uh, a bit of disclaimer, we are going to go raw. So, any language under the sun, especially from the Magpie fan, <laughs> is going to deliver right between your ears, alright? So, for all the kiddies out there, please uh, turn it off and uh, or just uh, it's a parental guidance, alrighty. So, who should I pick? I'm going to start with, I'm just going to cool down the heat. I'm going to start with Nathan. Um, what bother you? What what is bothering you right now, Nathan? Nathan, take it away. Um. Right. Well, just before I begin, I just want to um just go on a thing here. If if you are listening on headphones, I strongly advise that you turn down your headphones now because I do not want to make you go deaf. Right <laughs> now, why the hell? Okay. Has this club got to the point where it is now? Seriously, okay? We've, we've literally got rid of three of our best players. Jaden Stevenson, who most Collingwood fans absolutely love. They absolutely adore him. Our winning record with him in the side is very, very good. And our winning record without him in the side is about 50%. So straight away, that already means next year that going off that alone we're going to get 11 wins next year, which is not going to be enough to make the top eight. And getting rid of Atsu Bosnia-Vilagi in the exact same trade, I don't know what the heck they were thinking about with that trade to North Melbourne. North Melbourne right now should go to the European bloody, what do you call it, that multi-millionaire thing and just buy 100 million tickets because Jaden Stevenson literally could win them I know they're a long way back, but James Stevenson literally could win them a premiership in five years off his own boot. The Tom Phillips trade, why on earth? I mean, I'm telling you now, if I was the worst club, if I was Gold Coast in 2019, I would have said pick 65 for Tom Phillips. He goes up there as their best player. And they've literally got him for a fourth-round draft pick. Like, are you kidding? In our grand final year, he was one of our best players. He averaged 25 disposals. He played just about every game for the year. And please, the Adam Trelaw train. Now, now this is the one that hurts. Adam Trelaw is my favourite Collingwood player. And we've literally given him up to the Western Bulldogs, who I think we're going to touch about the Western Bulldogs later on about another trade that they could have done that didn't go through. But we have given him up for basically a second-round future draft pick. And not only have we done that, but we have allowed the Western Bulldogs to get one of their academy picks. Um, I've forgotten his name, but apparently he is going to be a top-five pick. And to top it off, we apparently are paying... $300,000 next year of Trelaw's $900,000 contract that he's on at Collingwood. Now, I don't know how the hell anyone at Collingwood or anyone outside of Collingwood could possibly believe that Adam Trelaw is worth $900,000 a year 
how Brody Grundy is worth a million dollars a year, and who knows what's going to happen with John DeGoey, what happens there. But Scott Pendlebury is, without a doubt, Collingwood's best player, and he's only on at about eight hundred, eight hundred fifty thousand a year. So how in the heck anyone at Collingwood is being paid more than Scott Pendlebury is an absolute disaster at Collingwood. James Stevenson this year is due to be paid $560,000 for a third-year player who, admittedly, he had, a, he had an off year. But as I said all year, he was diagnosed with glandular fever and there isn't one player in the history of the game who has not had a bad year of playing football. So, to, this is a message to Eddie Maguire, to Nathan Buckley, to Ned Guy, who is our list operations manager, okay, I suggest that in the next week you come out with a message to all of the 80,000 Collingwood members and all of the supporters out here as to how in the heck it got to the point where we have had to give up three of our best players because the club have no space left in their salary cap to be able to keep them. And John DeGoey, please, yes, he's a good player, but there is no way on earth that he's worth the money that he is putting out there at a million-plus dollars a year. I would have said to DeGoey, go and play elsewhere. You're not worth that much. And that is my rant over. So (laughs) I kept my language, which I'm glad I kept my language. But seriously... I'm frustrated. My family are frustrated. Every single Collingwood supporter right now is frustrated with what has happened at that club. And as I said, I think the most um, damaging one will be the Adam Chalor one because we've basically allowed the Bulldogs to get a top five pick by giving up draft picks and Chalor in return for a essentially what's the future second-round pick. So that's my rant on Collingwood. Um, if you disagree with anything that I've said, please let us know in the comments. But otherwise, I don't want to talk about Collingwood again because I'm just going to start up again. And I've already wasted about 10 minutes of this podcast. So that's... I better shut up now. Okay. All right. So, um well, for all the listeners out there, I can totally understand if you're a Collingwood fan. Um, and I'm not trying to uh, put the salt on your wound, uh, Nathan. Uh, on the other side of the tray, we have happy, we have a happy person. <laughs> but the name was Thomas. <laughs> oh, sorry, you go. Point out as well. Sorry, just, just sorry to interrupt, Tom. I should just point out as well that, um, that Stuart is a North Melbourne supporter. Oh. <laughs> okay. Hi, Stuart. Stuart is a North Melbourne supporter, and he has gone stuck into me about giving up Jaden Stevenson for what is essentially a packet of chips. Okay. <laughs> All right, Stuart. I'm going to give you a little, a uh, little um, uh, time to 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 spill a little bit later, um, and we can even, you know, I was thinking about. Join the call. We, we, we're going to get on to talk about, you know, even super coach, you know, for next year, you, you, uh, for next season, if that's okay. So, Thomas, uh, without getting any echo this time, uh, what are some of the what are some of the celebrations that the Saints are having? 
Um, we're just getting trades right at the moment. I mean, for so long we've stuffed around the trade table and just gotten crap into the side, but now just simple, just get two picks that we needed, an inside midfield and a, and a small forward that probably relieves a bit of pressure from Gresham. I mean, um, if you, if you ask me now who's our midfield three, I can clearly say it's going to be Gresham Crouch when he's fit for round two and, and, and um, Jack Steele, and I reckon it's one of the most underrated Midfield three in the competition that you've got inside mid Grunt in Jack Steele. You've got your goal kicking midfielder um, in Brad Crouch, and you kind of X factor through the midfield in Jay Gresham. So I couldn't be happier. I mean, in Jack Higgins, he scored the goal of the year in two years back before his brain injury for Richmond. I mean, he could he could score a few crazy goals for us this year, and he was a Madison Kilda supporter as a kid. So I mean, I could only see him buzzing to get started and. Um, I'm kind of calling it now. I reckon Dan Butler and Jack Higgins are going to cause absolute chaos at Marvel um, Stadium and I reckon it could get the Saints fans really up and about. I mean, I don't think I've never seen Saints fans as, as um, excited as I have now with Crouch in the midfield and Higgins up in the forward line. That's It's um, pretty exciting times, that's for sure. Wow, thanks, Thomas. Now, um, Stuart, um, this is the first time we actually had a chat. Now, uh, tell all our listeners out there what's happening to North Mel- uh, North Melbourne, and uh, are we looking better or worse next season? Uh, well, Tom, to be honest with you, mate, I don't think it can get much worse than what it did last season. Um, <laughs> been pretty been pretty tough to watch North Melbourne games uh, this season, but of course. Uh, we totally won the trade table with Collingwood. I think Jaden Stevenson's an absolute steal. I think a uh, bit of daylight robbery going on there between North and Collingwood, but we did it really well. Uh, the trade table's not really a good thing for North at the moment. We've trade chased many big targets in the past and never really landed one. So this is a bit different for, for North fans, including myself, who actually has someone to, to look forward to next season and sort of hopefully get a few more wins under the belt and, and grow the culture that once was there a couple of years ago. Uh, are you saying, are we talking um, potentially borderline fine, uh, top eight or even getting to squeeze into top eight for 2021? Uh, look, I think from from all North Melbourne fans, I think all we really want to see is improvement from last year and playing a brand of footy that's good to watch. I think if you watched any of North Melbourne last season, it was very one-dimensional kick up the line to uh, Goldie or Ben Brown up the line who was just parking under the ball and you know, these teams like the St Kilders and the Collingwoods and the people who were quick in like in, mid, in the midfield and getting the ball out on the outside was just sort of ripping us up. So hopefully we play a style that's a little bit more uh, daring and cutting that 45 ball off in the, through the middle and offering a bit more attack and hopefully maybe having someone like Jaden Stevenson and, and the types of those young players we're bringing through can add that bit of creative spark that's been missing over the last season or two. And uh, I'm not blaming anything on Reece Shaw. I think he was sort of thrown under the bus this season and, uh, you know, he had a pretty hard job. But I think uh, when things weren't going well, maybe he should have, uh, you know, took a bit, few more risks. So whoever we decide to bring in as a senior coach, hopefully that's the sort of uh, culture he wants to bring to the to the club. It would be really good. So to answer your question, I don't think top eight, but definitely an improvement. Okay, well, um, since you're your you're first one coming, so your first, one, first time on, on Triple F, uh, I'm going to give you another curveball. Um, there is a guy at the start of our convo named Nathan. He was absolutely furious, just like our, you know, the whole title, you know, Footy Finals Fury. If you are Collingwood right now, what are the, some of the adjustments uh, or arrangements you would do if you're a coach for Collingwood Magpies? 
Jesus, if I was a coach, Colin would say, well, obviously Nathan Buckley's got a few things on his plate. I think he has to wrestle back the uh, the fans to say, you know, and probably someone has to come out and sort of say why, you know, they've traded all these guns in one window. They haven't even done a slow burn. They've just got mm. rid of the three of their best players all at once, which is really uh, which is really odd. And Nathan alluded to salary cap, which is, again, is probably the reason, but they probably should have managed that a lot earlier in the season and maybe offloaded one last season, found a replacement and done it that way. So I think for, for Collingwood, they're going to be expected to make finals again this season. Their list is still incredibly strong, but... Maybe they're trying to adapt a different style, different style of play. Maybe they're trying to do a bit more of the, the kickball possession play. Uh, again, Nathan could probably allude to that a little bit more, watching Collingwood more than what I do. But maybe it's a change of style for Collingwood. Maybe we're going to see a different sort of yeah build-up forward to their game, and maybe this is all part of the plan. We'll wait and see. So, Thomas, uh, as a Saints fan, are you going to sit back and saying Saints got the top four next season? Um, it's it is it just coming, you know. It's it, you guys. It's sort of like, I guess, uh, like LeBron James and Lakers, you know, building a uh, superstar team. Is is that what you're thinking as a Saints fan? Um, I don't want to say I don't want to put any expectations on them because I know I just get disappointed in the end. Um. But I wouldn't be surprised if they're top four material. I mean, as I said in the other podcast before, Crouch said in his interview when he, when he got to St Kilda, um, he said that there's something special building at Moorabbin, and I definitely think there is. I think there's something that just just the vibe. I think like I've never felt like I've never experienced it, or never felt it before from just the supporters on, on social media and stuff. They're all buzzing, um, and I just think that. The way the brand of footy that we play just suits the players that came into that club with Crouch and Higgins. Um, we didn't really lose anyone as well, which which was good because usually we end up losing a couple of players that we probably kept. I mean, last year we got in all those big name recruits, but then subsequently lost um, what's his name, uh, Josh Bruce and um, Jack Stevens. But this time we didn't really lose anyone. We only really lost Nick Hind, who wasn't really in our best twenty-two anyway this season. Um, but yeah, I mean, if we can play the brand of footy that we did this year and then just add it to the, to the kind of footy that we do play at Marvel Stadium, as I said, those, those players, those recruits that are coming in this year really suit that kind of, um, quick surface at Marvel. I mean, Crouch is, he can get the ball and go and, and score and Higgins, I mean, on his day, he can, he can really tear a defence apart. And I think, um, it's just something that I haven't seen in a St Kilda team in a while. I mean, they've always built up um, in the early half of the season, they just absolutely collapsed in the bottom half. But it just seems now that the players got a belief in their belief in their teammates that they can go all the way. And I mean, who knows if um, you know Paddy Ryder and the older blokes can stay on the field? I mean, they can just drag the younger blokes along with them and, and enjoy the journey. And um, if it's not this year, it's it's buried in that premiership window. I reckon we're, we're closing in on it, and it's next next couple of years. I think it's something exciting down in Brabant, that's for sure. Mm, nice. Now, Nathan, um, in, in, in the city, there is, um, there's a thing called the escape room. Oh, no, escape room. Like, uh, I forgot what the room was called, but it's actually, you can break anything you, it's a, anything you want, like glasses and, you know, anything that it's breakable. Uh, do you think it's going to be booked up with all the Magpie fans right now? Um, well, I don't think us or the Magpie fans are the ones that necessarily need to be in the escape room, although I think it's, uh, uh, Ned Guy and Nathan Buckley, who Eddie Mag- and Eddie Maguire, who 
need to be in that escape room because there is a very good chance, <laughs> there is a very good chance that unless there is some kind of explanation that those three could get run out of town okay. at this rate. Now, let, let's get real, like just echoing what Stu was saying, um, about, you know, if, if, if you are Eddie McGuire, no, not Eddie, but if, you, if you're Buckley and what are some of the arrangements, whether it's training or game style, you would change or you want to improve to make sure Collingwood still stay in the top eight uh, in 2021? Um, well, I mean, I, I thought our 2018 year was really, really good because we went with a smaller, quicker forward line. Like, we had... We had Mason Cox and Majacek, and that worked. And then the last couple of years, we went away from that sort of Richmond game style to more of a controlled sort of slower build-up, which didn't really suit how Collingwood were wanting to play. Mm. And when that was working, we were... Oh, we were probably just about the best side in the league when that was up and running. You know, we we tore Richmond apart in the in the prelim in 2018 by playing that way. So I can't exactly picture why they chose to go away from that style, given what happened with with Richmond over the last two years after that prelim final. But the only the only solution that I can suggest is that maybe there's a plan to play Darcy Cameron and Mason Cox as a sort of as a double pronged forward line but even then you need crummers at the ground and Steve-O was arguably calling was best crumbing forward so again it adds to what has been sort of reported that it seems to be as if he was forced out because of a situation that he has no control over being the salary cap. Uh, and I think, as, as I said earlier, I think that's the most annoying thing for the supporters. It's not necessarily the fact that they're gone, but it's that they've been forced out by the, cl- by the club instead of them wanting to leave themselves. So... But, yeah, as I said, I think there needs to be some kind of thing because right now I just can't see what the plan is going forward for how we're going to play next year. Right, okay, Stuart, you know... I, I really look up to because uh, I saw the trade and I saw the lineup and I, I think I think North Melbourne is actually looking pretty bright. Now, what would you say to Magpie, including or the the Pies fan, including Nathan? Do you think twenty twenty one doesn't matter where you are? Do you think you guys going to land just on top of the Magpies? I don't yeah. think we'll finish above the, the Magpies, but I think if you're a Collingwood fan from a, I suppose from another supporter's point of view, to, to look at any sort of positive out of this at all is, I suppose you might be getting out some bad culture out of the club. Um, of course, you know, in the past, Jaden Stevenson had has had his off-field struggles, and we don't know how in-depth that has gone and ingrained into the club. And same with Trelora. You sort of don't know the, the story. We only get you know the news of what the picks went for, and you sort of see it from face value and say, oh, that's that's not good or whatever it is, and which is fair enough because that's all we know. But 
maybe from a cultural point of view, from the Magpies' point, it might actually make them better as a team. And maybe, you know, someone like Jaden Stevenson just wasn't part of them moving forward. So maybe they're trying to sort of rebuild a culture they once had, like they had in 2018 and had a bit of a turbulent year last year. So maybe it's something good to come out of it. I don't know. Nice. Okay, well, how about we just get straight to it? Uh, I, uh, for... So, uh, so Stuart, I'm going to fill you in in, in this one. Um, just only recently, Thomas uh, and Nathan uh, gave me a good understanding and, and whole spiel about uh, Supercoach, and I spent a few days looking into it. Now, I'm sure you you were involved in in some way because you we all love our footy. Now, um, how did you go last year or this season? Well, I actually finished uh, 8,000 two years ago in uh, Supercoach. That was my best year. Since then, it's really been probably playing for half a season, not going to lie, and then sort of throwing through in the towel. Not a lot of things went my way. So hoping this season goes a little bit better. And I'm going to be honest because I'm surely I'm not the only one out there that did it. So uh, I'm happy to say it. Okay. Now, uh, Thomas, um, what is what are some of the interesting uh, players that you're going to pick for 2021? Um, good question. I've really looked into it too much, but I reckon one player I'm definitely going to pick next season. Um, and I reckon's a bit of a bit of a potentially what do you call it? Point of difference is Alex Witherden, who got traded to the Eagles. Um, if he gets a good game, if he gets a good gig on it, um, he seems like the likely replacement for Shannon Hearn. Um, he traditionally for the guy for for the listeners out there that like the super coach Witherden. Scores traditionally quite well off that half-back role. And West Coast love the ball in the in those half-back flankers. And I think one of them being Shannon Hearn, and I think the other one will be Alex Withered. And I think Lewis Jett has fallen out of favour in recent years, or not recent years, just last year. And I think Withered um, is definitely a good player to have with the boys. He's a very effective kick and a very damaging kick, and I think could only flourish in that West Coast role. Um, another person I think is... Based off trade trade talk, is I think Adam Trelaw. Um, I think he's got a point to prove, um, considering he's been kind of badly treated from Collingwood's management. Um, and there were like images of him in Channel Nine, you know, him training in November, and, and everyone's off, everyone's off like on their holidays, and he's he's on a local footy oval training, and I think he's got he's definitely got a point to prove. And in that dog's midfield, he's not. You know, their number one star in that midfield. They've got Bont and Pelly, McRae, Dunkley. Just, he's still there. I mean, we can talk about Dunkley, not gone Essendon later, but in that kind of four pack midfield, I think Trelaw just gets a lot of, a lot more effective disposal. Whereas Collingwood, he was kind of their number one guy and he's, he's known to butcher a little bit. If he has, you know, three guys around that can, that can feed in the ball and he, he can feed the ball out to those effective users like McRae and Bont and Pelly, Liberatore and Bailey Smith, I think. He could be one to look out for just because he, he seems to be training the house down as well. And I think he's definitely, 2021 be him to a bit of a vengeance and, and come out and prove why he deserves so much more than what, what he got from Collingwood, it seems like. That's probably my two picks. Okay, thank you. Um, Nathan, just quickly on Trelaw, do you think the first touch, if, if um, Magpie versus Doggies, <laughs> is Trelaw's going to get a lot of boo? <laughs> um... Well, I don't know why he should, and this this goes for all of the Collingwood guys. Is I, I don't know 
They, look, they probably will because it's part of the culture here in the AFL to boo an ex-player. But they probably really shouldn't considering the fact that they were forced out by the club. So I think that makes it a different situation as opposed to someone who wanted to leave. Like, I know, for example, I know that the Hawthorne supporters, they don't boo Lance Franklin when yeah. he plays against mm-hmm. when he plays against them. And that was something that was, you know, uh, that's a mutual respect thing. Um, I'm pretty sure Adelaide are the same with uh, with uh, with Patrick Dangerfield. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, look, they probably will, but they probably don't deserve to be. But I'll tell you what, it's gonna be it's gonna be really painful to see those guys running around in jumpers other than the black and white. Next <laughs> okay. All right. Sure. All right. Well, then, um, like Thomas, give me your two surprising or super picks for Super Coach. Um, well, I should just I should just point out just before I say that that you you need to pick at the you need to pick the sensible players as well. Guys like Dangerfield and you know and Fife and those guys, you've just got to pick them. You don't want to take any risks with them, but I'm having a look through here now on the uh, on the website actually, and there are a couple of names that are that are, have caught my attention. Now, Elliot Yo is one that uh, is sort of interesting a bit. He only averaged 89 this year, but he he was probably going to have a good discount next year, and I reckon the West Coast. West Coast uh, have been established outside the club, at least anyway, that they need to have a bit of a changeover with how they play. And it wouldn't surprise me if West Coast's scramble game can pick up, that Elliot Yo's scoring can just skyrocket because he's really good at extracting scramble. And actually winning the grand ball. The other one I don't mind a bit close down to uh, Thomas's way is um, Brad Crouch. Now, <laughs> uh, granted, I mean I watch him over the preseason, but if he slots into that St Kilda midfield, like we expect, as a bit of a midfielder who can go forward and kick, you know, a couple of goals a game like he did at the Crows at his best, then all of a sudden he becomes quite a good mid-price risk if you're willing to go down that path. Uh, just for that reason, because the goals, obviously, they add more points. Uh, the other one who I'm looking at here is uh, um, the Carlton pickup. So, Zach Williams and Adam Stard. Now, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be rushing to get those two in. But I would just keep your eye on the preseason and see where they're going to line up in that Carlton side because especially Zach Williams, mm. if he plays on the ball and up in the wing, his average could he could average 100 points next year. Mm. And just one more, he could easily average 100 points. And just one more, um, Joel Solwood, I know he's old, but he's been injury-prone the last, Few seasons. If you can get a 
good pre-season into him, there is no reason why he cannot be a top sort of 10 to 12 midfielder again next season. Alrighty, alrighty, that was good. Now, last but not least, least uh, Stuart, take it away. Jeez, it's hard to follow up from Nate after he just listed half the super coach players <laughs> next season, but that's all right. Um, um, I'll, I, he did take one of mine. I've got my eye on Brad Crouch as well. Um, the guy can get leather poisoning at times, which is great for super coach. So him him going to the Saints and that midfield and how they play, uh, he'd be really definitely one to look at. So I'll be on the same wavelength as uh, Nathan there. Another one I'm sort of going to look at, and it's probably a little bit one-eyed, but uh, Todd Goldstein, only for the simple fact that everyone locks in Grundy and Gorn most years. Um, Goldstein's usually the one that sort of gets left behind, but he still picks up a lot of the points. And, uh, you know, if you want a bit of a point of difference in, in, the, in a sort of position that can rack up, you know, 100 to 180 points most weeks, and that might be worth having a look at, I think, because he won't be as expensive as the Grundys and the Gorns, but he'd probably still do a job for you. Oh, well-rounded. Nice. I like it. I like it. All right. Well, um, just before we, 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 we sort of wrap it up, I'm going to give each and every one of you sort of something to, to finish it off. I mean, obviously, right now, uh, the, the season's finished. I think, I'm not sure when the draft is. Thomas, or oh, anyone, who knows when the draft is going to take, take place or is already taking place? No, I think it's in a couple of weeks, isn't it? Oh, okay. Okay. Right. I don't think it's that far away. I think it's late November. Yeah, I think they, they give a couple of weeks to any of the clubs to kind of finalise all their trades and, and their lists, and then they go into the draft with, with how many caps they need and stuff like that. Mm. It says here that's the uh, 7th of December, 2020. Yeah, Monday. it's even later than last year. Yeah. Yeah. There you go, there you go. All right. Well, um, just to finish it off before we even do a convo uh, about the draft, but just on the trade, Nathan, I'm going to give you the last one. Last, I'm going to give you the, the encore, the, the best one, for the, slaving the best for the last. Uh, I'm going to start with you, Thomas. Uh, what are some of the things that you've, I guess, you discovered or you observed and you think our listeners will be very valuable uh, to that you you wanted to share that in terms of all the trade and all the you know the all the finals leading up some of the some of the valuable traits as well as I guess um, you know uh, what are the, some of the signs for twenty twenty one Thomas? Um, I think I'll, I'll, I'll avoid talking about Sinclair. I'll let Stuart or Nathan talk about it if you like it because <laughs> I've harped on about them all episode. Um, I'll pick on a couple teams. One being the trade, which I think people have touted it as being a bargain of the century, was with Steve, oh not Stevenson, Tom Phillips going to Hawthorne. Um, but I don't know what was happening oh, in the brain cool. department of, of, of Collingwood's um, list management, but Tom Phillips was pretty much in the almost top two best in the He was a grand final player. Um, he's elite off that wing. He was rated elite a couple of years ago. Um, and I just don't know why Collingwood didn't want to trade higher for him. I mean, pick 65 is, is pretty ludicrous in my opinion. That could kickstart Hawthorne's rebuild. I mean, Hawthorne built a premiership off off guys like Isaac Smith and, and Tom Phillips looks a little bit like Isaac Smith 2.0. Maybe not as good because he's still he's only 24, which which is even more crazy for Conor letting him go that young because he's only just going starting to his prime. And I think that could kickstart Hawthorne's rebuild quicker than a lot of people think because, I mean, they were missing Sicily for a lot of it. Um, 
their forward line is just starting to function with like guys like Lewis and um, O'Brien and stuff and just real strong marking forwards. And I think with the resurgence of Tom Mid- uh, Tom Mitchell having another full season under his belt after that injury and now with, with Tom Phillips, I think Hawthorne rebound quite quickly. Um, the other one, the other team I think is my premiership favourite now is the Western Bulldogs just because they, they managed to get Trelaw very late for quite a good deal. They'll get Jamara Ugal, I think. He went to my old high school, and he's apparently he's almost Buddy Franklin 2.0. Yeah, that's the academy pick. Yeah, the academy pick. Um, the only the only thing I, I am doubting with the Dogs is is what they do with team selection. I mean, they've got so many options. Could it you know hinder them potentially by playing too tall at times? And... And that, just so with Josh Dunkley, I mean, it seems like he's going to stay at the dogs unless they bring him to the draft. But I don't think that's going to be the case. Um, I think that that is in a quite a precarious position because I think it goes one or two ways. I think he kind of embraces the opportunity that they could well make a grand final with Trelaw now in that midfield, which is and I think the most underrated pick, underrated trade this year was Steph Martin from the Brisbane Lions getting over to the Dogs because it's given um, Tim English who's developing Ruckman just some much needed support. And Seth Martin, at his best, was pretty much an All-Australian Ruckman. Granted, he's old and has, has a fair few injuries, but he, he cannot provide an option moving forward as well. And he's not a decent Ruck, he's not a bad Ruckman and, and just provide a little bit of relief from, for Team English. But I think uh, Bulldog supporters will be up and about, but it, I reckon it'll go one or two ways. I mean, they'll win the Premiership or they just crash and burn with, with Dunkley being a big instigator of wanting to leave. And we all saw what happened with Joe Danaher wanting to leave and that not happening. Um, and, you know, mentally cost him a fair bit and just ruin the player that he once was. And I'd hope for Dunkley's sake that's not the case because Dunkley's, I reckon, is one of the elite midfielders in the competition. I don't know why they were playing in the ruck, why they were playing in the ruck last season. Um, but I just hope for Dunkley's sake and, and for Bulldogs that they really utilise Dunkley in the midfield rather than the ruck with, with Steph Martin coming over and, and really get the best, but most out of him if he still decides to leave. But I think, um, yeah, Bulldogs for my premiership for 2021. Big, big call. Wow, nice, Thomas. Love it. I love it, love it. Love this part. Just love it. I, love it. I heard every single word that was just right at the top. That is how you do triple F, all right? Now, Stuart, no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> yeah, gee, how to follow up. That was really good. Uh, look, I think I'm going to go a little bit the other way. I'm going to start talking about Essendon. And uh, if you're an Essendon fan, I'd be very, very concerned. uh, Because as every every sport develops, as every sport develops, uh, you know, you can see how AFL is and how you can, you know, win. You can see how Richmond play that chaos style, quick pace, getting the ball forward and just sort of nudging the ball as close to the goal as possible and creating as many, you know, goal, goal threats and goal involvements. Now, Essendon were good at that once upon a time. When they had pace, they've now lost Connor McKenna, I believe. They lost yep. Arazio, and they couldn't get Josh Dunkley. That tells me two things: one, they've lost their best strength in their running power, and obviously Adam Sarder's in that mix as well. Off half back, they've lost him as well now, and they couldn't land a big fish, which is very unlike Essendon because they got Dylan Shill when he was up for grabs because the culture was right, but now you've got no running power. And all of a sudden, the culture of the club is just, as I suppose, as bottom as it can be at the moment. And I don't see a, a way out 
for them at the moment. They played really ordinary footy, and that's Rich coming from a North fan, but they played some really ordinary stuff. <laughs> and uh, I, I expect that to continue next season, and I don't see them making the eights. Thank um, you. As for the other end, just, yeah. just I am uh, my. I'm a big diehard yeah. Thomas fan, but uh, thanks for yeah, yeah. <laughs> But it's all good. It's well, all good. would you it's agree? All, with... all love, all love. <laughs> would, you, would, you, would you agree with me, though? Like, I, 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 I don't... Agree. I would Because, I mean, Dan yeah. has gone and, you know, all the big names have gone. And it's, it feels like St. Kilda semi-final. <laughs> That's it. They almost want yeah. to rebuild, but don't call it a rebuild. That's what's sort of happening at Edson. I think they've got a lot of this top-end talent. Like, you still got Dylan Schill and... You know, the players like that are still really good, but you know the, the people coming underneath are just you know they're not they're not there. I don't think, and you know they want to be a club that makes finals, and I don't think one they have the, the game style to do that anymore, and two you just don't see you know how they play can actually win games of finals, let alone get there. So it'll be very interesting to see. I'm hoping they you know prove me wrong because my other half is an Essendon fan, so if they're winning, it's happy days. But anyway. Now, so on the other side of the coin, yeah. So yeah. just on that, on the Essendon, um, as an Essendon fan, would you, would you, would you see that Essendon is going to start pulling a lot of um, uh, VFL players up and give them a chance to see if they can bring up another Mar- Mar- Marlon Pickett sort of mo- moment and then go go from there? I think they have to. Well, I think rather than sort of running out these older guys in their team and sort of giving the players that don't really play for the badge, so they say, and uh, play for the, what they're wearing, might as well give those kids a chance when the VFL go up. You know, someone who plays with a bit of heart, which I think is missing from Essendon mm-hmm. over the last couple of weeks, you saw a really steep drop-off from them. Um, they might as well give them a go. And, and North Melbourne didn't really give our young kids a go, which really disappointed me. And it uh, took, uh, took some drastic injuries for that to happen. And, uh, you know, we, we found some really good gems out of that. So hopefully Essendon follow the similar sort of style and maybe they can, you know, prove me wrong and make the eight. But as it stands, I don't really see it happening. But, yeah, I still think the top teams will be there next season. I still think the Richmonds, the West Coast, the Dogs, and even the Saints will be right up there again next season. I just think they're probably head and shoulders above uh, the rest of the moment. Mm. So are, are you saying that the good teams are going to be like right up there from right from the get-go and the bottom team will just stay down there like Adelaide who just wins one or two games for the season? Uh, look, I, I probably expect a bit better from Adelaide. They, they finish strong, but I do think you'll probably see the familiar faces up, you know, top four. Mm-hmm. Uh, Port would be strong, but they obviously benefit a fair bit from COVID playing half their games at home. So, mm-hmm. It'd be interesting if it goes back to original home and away, how they'll fare. Mm-hmm. But I think it goes down to sort of look at it from a list point of view and you know, how the style of play. As I mentioned, that that quick chaos ball, Richmond obviously perfected it and won a flag. The Saints seem to want to play with a similar sort of way. They've really fixed up their defence and their attacks looking as scary and they're winning balls out of the middle. So they'll be right up there as well. And of course, as um, Tom alluded to, that Western Bulldogs midfield with the aid of Stefan Martin knocking it down every now and again will be another, and I suppose, quiver to their bow moving forward for them. So I'm not going to say dogs would be my favourite because that would be a bit boring, but I'm going to say uh, I reckon the Saints would go all the way. (laughs) All right, Nathan. Uh, Nathan, I'm going to force you to talk about um, the Kangaroos and also about the uh, Bombers if you want to and also talk about the Saints. And last but not least, if you want to talk about Magpies. Take it away, Nathan. Um, well, I am actually going to start off with, uh, with Collingwood, just, just for something different here. Um, 
on the AFL website, uh, Ned Guy has just um, had an interview and has said in the interview that uh, that the the deals done today were not a fire sale and that they wanted to replenish their list and they wanted to get into the first round. You've got to give something up. Now, I find that extremely hard to believe that 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 is actually true, given the fact that they could have easily got a first-round pick for Stevenson and yet they chose to take a second-round pick for him. So, anyway, that that's bizarre. He's also touched on the salary cap um, and he's downplayed the salary cap, but if you're moving high earners on, there's a bit of an issue there. But anyway, um, well, I was actually going to talk about Stefan Martin, but Thomas stole that one. So, um, yeah, look, I think North, I think North Melbourne, look, as painful to say, but, uh, yeah, I think Jaden Stevenson next year at North Melbourne, he could be their leading goal kicker next year at North Melbourne. And, I mean, we saw Collingwood, he won, he was winning games off his own boot at, at Collingwood. So, you know, you don't lose your talent overnight. So, I think for North Melbourne, I think they can have hope that if Stevenson has the right environment at North Melbourne, which I'm sure that they, um, they, they'll try and get that environment up given what happened this year. Um, I think he can genuinely be, you know, a two to three goal a game forward and, you know, he can win games for North Melbourne. So I think as painful as it is, I think Stevenson Going to North Melbourne was a is a good pickup for North Melbourne. Uh, the other one is uh, Brad Crouch to St Kilda. I know it's boring, but I I really think that that does complete uh, this that Saints midfield. I mean, you know, you, you go through that midfield now. You got Ryder and Marshall with the rucks. They've got Steele. They've got um, Crouch. They've got Hanabry, they've got Gresham who can go in there. They've got, um, what's his name? Um, they've got, um, Zach Jones who can go in there. Uh, Brad Hill's a bit more of a winger, but they can switch him into the middle if, if need be. So, as well as that forward line and the defence that Stewart touched on, um, yeah, I think they're looking, um, pretty good. And the other one, I think, uh, we should we should touch on as well. A, a, a big winner for mine is uh, Geelong. Um, I think Jeremy Cameron could be the missing link for Geelong next year, uh, given the fact that Tom Hawkins was their leading goal kicker, and I think the next leading goal kicker was I think Tom Hawkins won with forty eight goals or or something. I think the next player for Geelong in there um in the in the leading goal kicker was in like the twenties or something. So I think for for um for Geelong I think uh that Jeremy Cameron will be a great pickup. Yes, Gally Rowan was next with twenty two. Okay. So I think Jeremy Cameron can, you know, add another twenty or thirty goals to Geelong next year, which all of a sudden you know, they already were the high scoring side. And Sean Higgins, bit of an underrated pickup. Um, 
I think he's probably not going to be in the best 22, but I think he's still... Uh, I think he's still got the talent to play at the highest level, but I think it might be a bit of a Jack Stevens situation with him where he sort of comes in in and out of the side often. And um, since the other two did, uh, my premiership for 2021, um, I mean, it's probably going to be hard to look past Richmond again, but I think that's pretty boring. So um, I'm going to go with the West Coast Eagles. Ooh, okay, all right. Premiership in 2021. Okay, now I'm going to leave everyone with one name. Just one name to finish it off before we say goodbye. Just one name. This part is called kicking from the center. Not kicking from the 50, but kicking from the center. When I say your name, and I want you to tell everyone, all our listeners out there, who is going to be 2021 Brown medalist. 2021 Brown medalist. All right, take a deep breath. This is called kicking from the center, okay? And hopefully you get it. All right, I'm going to start with you, Stuart. Take a deep breath. Brown low medalist. Three, two, three. Dangerfield. Patrick Dangerfield. Okay. Nathan. Um, I reckon Jack Steele. Jack Steele. Jack. Okay, Jack Steele. All right, we'll just leave it at that. Last but not, <laughs> last but not least, Thomas. Um, fuck. I was going to say Jack Steele. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go... Supercoach. I'm going to go Supercoach Heavy. Supercoach Love Child. Marcus Bontempelli. Oh, and I'm going to say he wins it um, with him playing primarily in the forward 50. Okay. A bit of a left field option. All right. Well, I'm just going to call Dusty Martin because uh, he's... He's been really consistent. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I want to pick someone from Bombers, but I got to say, they probably all add up to like 40, 40 votes um, <laughs> for, for next season. So that's just, <laughs> that's just my opinion. Jordan DeGoy better be winning a Brownlow medal with about 50 votes next year, given what Colin would have given up to pay him. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Nathan, you have, you have your time. All right, everyone, thank you for listening. I want to thank um, Thomas, Stewart, and Nathan for being such an awesome. Uh, be sure to stick around later on we're going to talk about draft and all everything else uh, around footy so thanks for tuning in for uh, footy's final fury and uh, we definitely felt some fury tonight all right uh, until then my name is tom and uh, keep listening to us bye bye